When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turn on the Jets Live. I'm your host, Steven Zantz, joined by my co-host, Dean Russo. Very, very special guest. We have Matt O'Leary, a fellow Jets content man. He is Matt O'Leary on Twitter. He has just the Jets pod, and he also has the Jet Report on YouTube. What's up, Matt? What's up, Steven? Victory Monday again, baby. <laughs> Love it, guys. Excited to be on. Thanks for having me. Course. Yeah, Matt, uh, super excited to have you on. Obviously, things are uh, are great in Jetsland right now. Get the division win monkey off of their backs. They got two in a row. They finally got a home victory. So how are you feeling coming off this big 23-point victory uh, over Miami yesterday, man? I love it. And, you know, even going into the game, obviously the assumption was that Teddy Bridgewater was going to, you know, start and last more than one play. Um, but I thought the Jets had a really good chance to win the game. And then once he was out, I was like, okay, like now they – really have a good chance to win this game, but I didn't think they'd put up 40. It's been a really long time since we've seen a Jets team do that. So vibes are really good on this victory Monday. Yeah, I think one of the most impressive things that I will say, and and honestly, you think back, you know, kind of overarching theme of the game, like they probably let the Dolphins hang around a little bit more than most Jets fans are comfortable with. But the thing about the offense is that it really looked comfortable for Zach Wilson and this is one of those games where probably the only game we've had where he kind of you walk away and you say you know what he didn't really have any of those like um uh you know mistakes or or close calls or whatever where you say it should have been picked or, or, or whatever he really played a clean game and when you walk away and as much as we all want you know to see the Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore like breakout stuff like that like when you can walk away and say that Garrett Wilson Elijah Moore and Corey Davis and Tyler Conklin combined for six for 76 and that's it and the Jets won and scored 40 and, and won by 23 that's an impressive performance and that's something that they should be extremely excited about because when these do when these guys do break out that just changes this offense so much and only adds to it so just a really encouraging win kind of on all fronts but specifically obviously as they kind of took the leap in that fourth quarter yeah it's it's as excited as I've been as a fan in years. I mean, like we've talked about it, like when they won the Browns game, we're like, oh my God, what it was a crazy comeback. And then obviously the Steelers game, but man, they haven't won a division game up until yesterday for three years, which is wild. Like in the NFL with all the parody, the Jets were just so far behind everybody else. I get it. There's a third string quarterback. I get it. It would have been a backup quarterback. It doesn't matter. We've been on the other side of this a million times. So Anyone who's a Dolphins fan, any other fan, it's like saying, oh, the Jets are lucky to be three and two. Just tell them to shut up. Like, wins are wins. It doesn't matter. There's no style points. Like, yeah, it's great they dropped 40, but they still won the game. They're above 500, and they're way, like, on pace for what I expected them to be. And like you said, like, Elijah Garrett were just, like, whatever. I mean, Garrett had a couple nice, like, you know, conversions. Mm-hmm. I think that was that one big play. Um, it was, like, a three-yard game to keep a drive alive. But – the fact that it wasn't full complimentary of all their like young studs, that means like they're only scratching the surface of what they can do. And I'm like, I'm so excited. I mean, like the defense is finally like showing what we thought it could be, especially Carl Lawson, who was just like a madman yesterday, which we'll get into that more. But Matt, what was like your favorite thing that you took away from this game? 
Yeah, uh, I like the points that uh, you guys brought up too about Zach Wilson. It looked like he did just enough. There were no throws where you're like, oh my God, like that, they're lucky that one wasn't picked off. Yeah. It was a very clean, it was a very clean game. They didn't ask him to do a lot, but 210 yards on just 21 passes is that's a nice day. Uh, so you absolutely take that. But for me, the biggest thing that stands out um, is just how dominant Brees Hall could be. He could really take over a game. Uh, he's obviously surpassed at this point, Michael Carter as the lead back in the first couple of weeks, they were more on Michael Carter and easing Brees Hall in, but in his fifth game in the NFL, he went for 200 all purpose yards. That's nuts. The jets never have guys like that. And it's been so much fun to watch him grow because it feels like he's gotten better week over week. He has for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's like another guy you mentioned just scratching the surface. That's where I feel like you are with a lot of these guys and it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, we've seen the gear kind of shift towards Brees Hall probably a lot quicker than a lot of us uh, would have anticipated, you know, before the season started. I think we were kind of expecting this two-headed monster at running back. Um, and really, it's been a heavy dose of Brees since probably week two, week three, really, with obviously this past week um, being a huge dose, which good. get You know, give the ball to the hot hand because clearly he was feeling it. Um, I still do think there's use for Michael Carter in this backfield, and, and both of them uh, continue to impress. But, yeah, Matt, I agree with you that Brees – um, was obviously a, a huge uh, advantage to this game. The other piece of it I'll say for me, Stephen, is that, you know, you got to skew it a little bit because Skylar Thompson was in there, but the way that these corners held up versus the uh, versus Jalen Wallen and Tyreek Hill, I mean, that's still impressive, right? To hold Tyreek Hill seven for 47 and punish him the way that they did. And I think Jalen Waddle had three catches for 23 yards, 20 something yards, right? I mean, Regardless of who's back there at quarterback, that's an impressive feat, uh, to say the least. And knowing what the secondary was last year uh, to what it is now, I think um, that's one of the things I truly came away from yesterday really impressed with. I, I totally agree. And, like, I get it. Like you said, it's Skylar Thompson. He's probably – this could be, like, the only game he ever starts in his career. Who knows, like, what he's actually going to be. But, you know, he still is an NFL quarterback, and they could run screens to these guys who could just take off in a second. The Jets didn't allow that to happen. So, like, regardless of who's throwing the ball – the offense is not going to be that much different because Teddy doesn't have a big arm and nor does Tua if he was playing. So it's like they didn't allow those big chunk plays that they were like, you know, successful with early in the season. So it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm super excited. I mean, like Bree, um, not Bree, Sauce and DJ are just awesome. Like there, there's like an argument we have that the best corner duo in the league right now. Like I, I don't really think that this is like hyperbole over here. Like if you look at it, Who's been better? I, I I don't even know. Like, I mean, they're not maybe the two best corners, but just from a one-two punch, they might be. <laughs> yeah, and if you add Michael Carter to that bunch too, the three exactly, yeah, lot is just tremendous. You really can't ask for anything more. I, I thought, you know, obviously they took Sauce fourth overall, and I thought he was good. I loved him as a prospect, but I didn't think he would be this good right away. Neither did I. I I thought he would be like really, really solid, and I think that we'd be happy. But like he is more than, you know, proving his worth as the number four pick in the draft. And like, everyone's saying he better be Darrell Revis. He better be that level good. Like, yeah, he's probably not Darrell Revis because how many guys are, Yeah, he's going to the hall of fame next year, but he's like, he's having like that Marshawn Lattimore type rookie season where like it's his impact is known. And I'm so happy. He finally got his first interception and he also got that safety, which people are saying it's not a safety. I don't really care. It still counts (laughs) in my book. And you, it's just, I, the one thing I loved about that was it was the first defensive snap of the game and it was something different. And they're like, okay, we know that they're not expecting us to blitz sauce. And it was a great, just 
game plan by Jeff Holbrook, who has been obviously under fire by the fans, you know, the media and whatnot. So I really appreciate that they're learning how to adjust on the fly to the opponent and it worked in their favor. And obviously that play could have changed the game because who knows if maybe they'll do that. Teddy doesn't get hurt and we're watching, you know, him the whole game. Yeah. It set the tone for the entire game. And honestly, this is a a game that Jets led wire to wire, which when's the last time we saw that? So, you know, (laughs) right. They get an early, you know, early two nothing lead. And and obviously, I mean, it it stays relatively close through three quarters, but still the Jets led this wire to wire and end up winning by 23. I mean, that is hugely impressive. And and Steven, to your point, I mean, Ulbrich the last two weeks, I mean, give him credit because he was on the hot seat specifically after his comments about Quinn and like he was, you know, uh, number one. um, trying to think of the word, but he, he wasn't well liked in Jets land for, for a couple of weeks now. But over two weeks, I think he's, he's come back and kind of settled in nicely. And, and really, this defense is looking great. Um, the D-line, obviously impressed. They got it after the quarterback. Carl Lawson, Steven, you mentioned in the opening. I mean, played uh, extremely well. I, I'd have to say I'm a little bit concerned about the run defense, uh, specifically yes. as we kind of gear ourselves towards Green Bay a little bit because they do have a solid running game. But overall, you got to come away uh, very impressed with this defense and how they performed overall. Yeah, it's it's been super, you know, just fun to see that this defense is finally starting to really gel a little bit. I do. I will say the run defense and also just the tackling as a whole hasn't been great, but I think those are correctable things. And I think, you know, we saw Jermaine Johnson actually went down, which was a bummer because I feel like he's actually starting to really catch on. And I thought he was maybe going to be less of an impact rookie than he has been to, to date. I thought Clemens might actually be more impactful. But if there's any uh, positional group that the Jets can afford to have an injury it is the defensive line because of the amount of depth. It also opens up more opportunity for Bryce Huff, who, you know, keep getting this guy in the field because whenever he's on the field, good things happen. And it's just super fun. It didn't make sense why he wasn't playing in the, you know, the games that they were losing early on. So I'm super excited about everything. I know there's a lot of games left, but like, there's nothing you could be happier with at this point with what the results have been. I mean, obviously very unconventional how we got here, but like I said in the beginning, you'll take wins any way you can get them. Um, but I do want to transition to the offensive line because they didn't have any holding penalties, which is like, when was the last time a Jets offensive line didn't have a holding penalty? I, I couldn't even tell you when that was. Matt, if you could fact check this, you know, you'd be a hero here. But let's talk about Elijah Mary Tucker. He's the best player on the team. There's not, there's not even a debate about this anymore. The guy is unbelievable. He played right tackle for the, for the first time in his career. He's played, obviously, left tackle. He's played left guard, right guard, and whatnot. What can't this guy do? He's un- incredible. What's your thoughts on him, Matt? Yeah, I loved Elijah Vera Tucker going into the draft last year, and I was so thrilled that the Jets traded up and drafted him despite what some of the analytics guys uh, oh have said. Oh, my God, let's not go there. <laughs> uh, but he, just, he has shown off his versatility early in his career. I mean, what, he's played, I think, 21 games in his career in the NFL, and he's played four different positions on the offensive line and played well at all four of those positions. That's absolutely nuts. Um, I think when it's all said and done, I think he'll move back inside and be a guard uh, just because I think he has like the legitimate potential to be like an all pro caliber at guard, but having someone who can hold down the fort in a pinch at tackle is so, so, so valuable. And like you said, he never played right tackle before in his career and he did it for the first time in an NFL game and was good. And against the defense that likes to blitz a lot and likes to, you know, put pressure on the quarterback, that's tremendous. Yeah, Stephen, what about you? What are your thoughts on ABT? I mean, 
the selflessness team first attitude, you, you can't commend that enough. And, and like Matt said, I mean, 21 games and he's played started at four out of five spots on the old line. Like that, that's just insane. And honestly, I mean, listen, the Jets are asking him to do a lot, but credit to them because, you know, with Dwayne Brown coming back and I kind of alluded to this on the show last week, Stephen, but I thought it may be kind of far fetched, but they did it. You want to get your five best alignment out on the field, and that's what they did. You, you slide her, you keep her big at right guard, you slide AVT to right tackle, and you get Dwayne Brown back. And honestly, it worked. I mean, Zach Wilson stayed relatively clean um, for the entire game outside of, you know, two sacks. Um, and AVT obviously held up well. So just credit to him, credit to the coaching staff, but, but uh, you know, obviously huge ups to, uh, to AVT for being as selfless as he was and going out and playing four or five O-line uh, positions and doing it above average uh, each time he's done it, which is just, it's, it's unreal. If Connor, if Connor uh, McGovern got hurt, I actually would trust him to play center over yeah. Dan Fitty. I'm not going to lie. I would. <laughs> <laughs> he's that good. He's that right? versatile, but uh, I do want to give props to Dwayne Brown. You know, he's a 37 year old guy. He was somebody that I was worried once he got hurt that he probably wasn't going to play for us all year. Credit to him. He, you know, he chose the rehab over the surgery and actually wanted to play and not just take the money. And he was good for a guy who's that old. Like I was kind of getting vibes of uh, Matt Khalil or whatever his name is. Is it Matt Khalil or their brothers, whatever. But I was getting those vibes when we signed him. Like it may be like just, you know, we're thinking it's good and it's really not. He, he held yeah. up really well. And Steven, I know you talked about Herbig. He's been a sneaky good signing for Joe Douglas. Like, a lot of Eagle fans have said that he's like a legitimate like starter, not like a, you know, above average starter, but he's an average starter and we have him as a backup and mm-hmm. he's filling in quite nicely for the past two games. So you got to give him a lot of credit and Joe Douglas does deserve some credit here. And the one thing I wanted to say, and we can obviously move on to something else. It's just, it's just hilarious that Elijah Bird Tucker's played four different positions for the jets in 21 games and Makai Becton just can't even play at all. Like, yeah. just think about that. Like, I feel bad for Beckton, but it's just like the NFL is such a weird thing. Some guys, it's like all luck. And then some guys could just like, you know, it's it's crazy. And I really do believe that ABT could be the modern day brick, just be that guy who's on the team for 10 years, you know, always team first, always going to work hard and really be a likable player. And it's like, it's a really cool thing to see because like we haven't really had those guys since uh, Mangold and Brick left. So I'm just, I, I'm excited to see what the future is. Yeah. So uh, we're kind of, go a little more an overarching theme here, but I think a lot of us would have any, any of us would have signed up for three and two coming out of the first five games now. Right. But the way that you, we kind of look at the rest of the season and specifically the next four games before the buy, how does that cut? I'm sorry, the next five games before the buy, how has the narrative changed now that the Jets sit at three and two coming out with a few unexpected wins that obviously we weren't anticipating, but from your guys' eyes, like what are you looking for in these next five uh, before the bye week hits? And, and how do you, you know, maybe foresee them kind of shaking out? I'll let Matt take it first. Yeah. For, for me, I was going to say like before the year started, um, I looked at the green Bay game on the road and at Denver and I thought, okay, like those are two really tough places to play. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's going to walk to the Hall of Fame whenever he, he's done. Like, they are in the playoffs every year. That's tough. Broncos, it doesn't matter if the Broncos are good or bad. The Jets never play well there. They struggle to go on the West Coast. But now, I mean, five weeks into the year, it's a completely different feeling because Green Bay's on their heels. They just lost a game to the Giants in London in a game where they didn't look very good. And the week prior, they needed overtime to beat the Patriots on their third quarterback. Like this team looks susceptible to, you know, potentially getting upset. And 
it would be very hard for me to see them losing back-to-back games, but you don't know. It's the NFL, and I think this Jets team, as they're currently playing, are going to play them close, and they always seem to play uh, Green Bay close. Even the last time they played them in 2018, the Darnold, that was probably Darnold's best game as a pro, um, and they almost won the game at home. And then we were talking earlier before we even started the stream, uh, the Denver game, that's a must-win game now. That's not a, oh, they could win in Denver. No, they should win and probably must win in Denver. And uh, that really changes things because if you survive, you know, and are maybe five and four at the bye, something like that, then you're in pretty good shape in the second half. Yeah. You, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of good points there. Um, I think obviously, like you said, those are two of the toughest places to play, but the Jets went to Pittsburgh. I know Pittsburgh's not very good as we're learning as the season goes on, but like they've always had their problems. That was the first time that they've won there since uh, the 2010 season. And they hadn't won any other times that they were there. So regardless of how good the team is, just some places have a really good home field advantage. And obviously Denver and green Bay do as well. Um, I will say though, it's like with these corners that we have, and especially what green Bay has as you know, at the, in the receiving room, there's no reason why, you know, we can't contain Aaron Rodgers. I know he's incredible and everything, but like, we, these guys have the ability to do it between, you know, their skill set and how well they've been playing this year and also just the lack of talent that the Packers have, at, you know, as wide receivers. Like, it's like Randall Cobb, who's like 100 years old. It's Sammy Watkins, who I think is still hurt. I think Romeo Dobbs is actually coming along, coming along really nice, and he's probably going to be a nice player for them for a long time. But, like, there's no reason to think that these this secondary can't hold up based on what they did to Waddle and Hill, what, you know, what they did – to the Bengals guys, I think like overall, they like, you know, they did get cooked, but it was mostly in the middle, not necessarily the corners itself. So I do think there really is a huge opportunity for the Jets. And then thinking about Denver, the fact that they don't have Javante Williams and they have old man, Melvin Gordon, it's like, there's a lot of good things going to happen. And, you know, I think Denver's offensive line isn't that great, especially with Garrett Bowles going down. So there's so much here to unpack, obviously, you know, the, bit, the best thing I would say is if the Jets go split these games, it's a perfect scenario. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to win both these games because they probably won't. Just it's the NFL. It's a week-to-week league. They're on a two-game winning streak. Who knows how long it's going to last. But, like, like, like Matt said, they should win in Denver. It's not like, you know, it maybe, but, like, they should based on how Denver's looked you know, through five weeks of the season. What about you, Stephen? What do you think? Yeah, I mean it's it's so interesting just the roller coaster ride we've been on so far through the, through five weeks, right? But I think – a lot of us said, like, if you can get the four and five at the bye, we're, we're in good shape. And then you can kind of make some noise and maybe take advantage of, uh, you, you know, a, a softer schedule down the stretch. But now you're sitting at three and two, and I'm kind of like, you know, if shit, if they go one and three over the course of the next four games, I'm going to be disappointed, right? If they get yeah, to just four too. and five, like, I'm going to be disappointed. So I think you have to find a way to, to get two here of these next four. And I think probably the most likely scenarios is that they are the most likely scenario is that they get, uh, you know, they beat Denver and beat new England and lose to green Bay and lose to Buffalo. But like to both of your guys points like green Bay looks as beatable as they've looked in a long time. And I mean, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is going to scare you because he's Aaron Rodgers. That running game is going to scare you because listen, AJ Dillon and, um, um, Aaron Jones are great running backs, right? And the Jets' de- run defense doesn't look that great. But honestly, minus Devontae Adams now, like, do any, to your point, Stephen, do any receivers really scare you on that team, specifically knowing how good DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner have looked? Not like, not really. So, you know, Green Bay could be right for the pick in here. And if the, if the Jets could come out of this 3-1 and one and only lose to Buffalo, 
And next thing you know, they're, they're six and three, like at the bye. like, how does that look? And how that, that would be incredible. So just the fact that we're even talking about this as a possibility is really just uh, amazing. And I, I love the fact that we're sitting here on October 10th with a winning record, second in the AFC East. And just the fact that we're even talking about it and have the, the ability to discuss these possibilities is just awesome. Yeah, it's it's just a feeling that we're not used to. Like yeah. the last time that, that really you felt like the Jets could win every week was 2015. Like they obviously had some random flashes of pen of like showing some signs, but they never were consistent. Like they, just, they didn't have winning streaks. I know they had the 2020 winning streak when they beat the Rams and they beat the Browns doesn't and they had no wide receivers. It doesn't count. They were like, they were, they were sort of the season 0-12 <laughs> or 0-13 or whatever it was. So it's like, this actually feels like there's juice here. Like, you know, like we said, the, we feel like the offense wasn't even 100% complimentary. It was very run heavy. Zach executed the offense. But like when the, everything's clicking, like who knows what the ceiling is? We really don't know because it's such a young team and we haven't seen all these pieces gel just yet. But yeah, if they could somehow, you know, just split these next four, it's a, it's really going to be a fun just thought to have for ourselves. Like just the fact that they're going into the bye with a winning record, which who who would have like ever thought that was possible? The funniest thing that I did yes uh, earlier today was everyone was always talking about, you know, in the off season, like there's always a team that takes a huge leap that comes out of nowhere. Like last year was the Bengals. The funny thing is the Bengals started out three and two. Listen, not saying we're going to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying, but like all it could take is like the right things to bounce our way. And then we can go into the bye with the win record. And like, they only want, they went 10 and seven. It wasn't like they went like, uh, like 13 and four, where it's like, they really didn't lose a lot of games. So it's like, I just need to continue to see growth from Zach Wilson. And I think, like we said before, he was fine. Like he wasn't like anything, you know, amazing. He wasn't also bad. He just like executed the offense. Like I felt he looked comfortable as comfortable. He's looked as a jet, honestly, like he kind of built off that fourth quarter in Pittsburgh, but like, he just was, he was executing the offense. He's not trying to play hero ball anymore and just like scramble out of the pocket and make something out of nothing. He's actually doing what he's supposed to. He's looking at, he's going through his reads and he's looking for the right guy to throw to. And I want to give him a lot of credit because after that Miami missed field goal, he really, you know, took the game by the horns. Like that throw to Corey Davis, where it was like a long third down conversion that essentially turned everything on for this team because after that they were just clicking. And sometimes all it takes is one play to really ignite a team. And that got everything going. And, you know, Corey Davis has been super clutch. Like last week, obviously he was amazing against Pittsburgh and that play was huge because if they don't get that, who knows what happens? Maybe they don't score all those points that they score in the fourth quarter. Yeah. 100%. And I'm glad you brought up Corey Davis. Cause he's someone who, I mean, even myself, I've been hard on him for some we of the drops, <laughs> but he has come up with some really clutch catches for Zach Wilson the last couple of weeks. So, and obviously there's a connection there. Like he trusts him. He's looking for him on uh, on important down. So uh, maybe there's something to it. For sure. Steven, anything just, you want to add about CD? I just like that. He's the third option. Really? It's a great third option. Like, honestly, if Corey Davis is your third best receiver, I mean, that that just speaks volumes about your offense. So I just really love the multitude of ways the Jets can beat you. Um, it's something that we haven't had in a very, very long time. They have this two-headed monster at running back, which uh, obviously we love. I think, you know, Michael Carter, we still haven't seen the best of him. He was uh, – I love how Joe uh, Caparoso on Badlands called it vulturing yesterday because he, de- he definitely was. That was good. I, I, I'm sure as happy as Brees Hall fantasy owners were yesterday, they're probably equally as upset they didn't get those two touchdowns. Um, 
But, you know, Tyler Conklin, obviously, uh, you know, didn't went zero for zero yesterday. But, hey, the Jets still won by 23. But having him and Uzama there and then having three receivers like Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, and you sprinkle Braxton Berrios in. Like the Jets have – me too. And, and the Jets have a multitude of ways to actually beat you. So I'm just feeling very encouraged by that and knowing that Zach Wilson can step up and play the way that – uh, he's shown us the last two weeks is obviously the, the trajectory of this team and how it's going for the rest of the year is clearly on the incline. And I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. I also like, we haven't mentioned yet. I mean, are the jets a fourth quarter team? Like, holy <laughs> shit, like what's going on here? Like, I mean, that's insane. And honestly, you know, they capitalize on, a, on, on missteps in the Cleveland game, obviously, and take advantage of that. No, a lot had to go in their favor there, but still, a lot had to be executed by the Jets in that game to pull it off, right? Same thing in, in Pittsburgh. You know, down 10 in the fourth quarter, they come back, they get that drive, and that's usually where you see the Jets kind of just completely crumble under the pressure. But no, Zach brought them, hit every throw on the way down the field, led them to a touchdown. They get the Michael Carter pick, boom, they're going to go down and score. They get an opportunity on a missed field goal here. Steven, you just brought it up, right? First play out of that is boom, 20 yards on the sideline to Corey Davis. That's that's the tone. There's no doubt they're going down there to score. So as soon as they do, now it's a two-score game. Then they come back, they get the Quinn and Williams fumble recovery. Boom, they put it out of reach. Like, when's the last time we could say this about this team? 2015, 2010? Like, we always go back to that. Those are the only two years we have in the last decade plus. But still, like, that's just exciting. I know we're only five games in. I'm not saying that it's just all, you know, the, the truth and this is going to continue, but it just feels – incredible to have these signs of encouragement for us for the rest of the season. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just fun. Like I, it's like, I don't even really know how to react because it's not, we're, we're used to like, Sunday, feeling. We're, yeah. we're used to like watching football during the late window. You hear that 60 minutes ticking and you're like <laughs> hearing about something terrible that's going on in the news. And you're just so depressed thinking about number one, the Jets lost number two, <laughs> you have work tomorrow. <laughs> so it's, but like it's been fun. It's like crazy. Like I was like traveling back uh, from Dallas, and I watched the game on my phone, and then like was falling on my phone on the plane because it wasn't working. And then I like rewatched it when I got home, and it's like it's just crazy. Like I I, I don't know how to like feel right now. <laughs> it's uh it's yeah. And another thing too, like just in that in general, like you guys mentioned the last few years where under Gase in, in 2019 they started out. You know what was they like. Oh, and seven or one and seven or one and eight. Yeah, exactly. And then obviously they lost the first 13 or however many games in 2020. It's usually by this point, it's okay. The Jets, you're looking on Tankathon. Where do they finish in the, in the draft rankings? It's different now to be talking about, okay, what if they win this game and this game? Are they still going to be in that hunt for a playoff spot? It's a complete 180 and a well-deserved 182 because this fan base has been through it, man. Yeah, we like I, I tweeted this out uh, yesterday. I'm just like, Jeff fans deserved that yesterday so much, yeah. so much pain, so much embarrassment, so much just getting ripped by other fans, especially Giants fans, even though they obviously haven't been good. But kudos to them, they've been playing great football. I'm not going to take anything away from them, but it's like, we just deserve that, especially all the Dolphins who were talking all the crap in the offseason, like how they were going to be this great team. The, you know, they were the darlings, 3 0. Look <laughs> who they're behind right now, the New York Jets. So, it's it's just crazy how it's such a week to week league and it's like don't get too high too early don't get too low and uh, I got my expectations are tempered I'm not saying it's playoffs or anything like that like that but considering that how they've been through five games I think right now the expectation is they should be in the hunt for a wild card spot like I don't think it's unreasonable obviously there's a lot of football to be played but 
that's how they look right now. They listen, obviously they got to beat some, you know, more com- like better teams, but that we're going to see how good this team really is in the coming weeks before the bye. Yeah. And you know what? Good for this fan base. Good for this coaching staff. Good for this team to finally get one of those staple, like convincing double digit wins. Like they haven't had that at all. Even, you know, a couple of wins last year, they got uh, uh, Jacksonville, Houston, you know, uh, even Tennessee was a close they were game. Ugly. Like, they were, yeah, they were. I mean, there were, there were flashing moments in them, but they weren't convincing. It still went down to the wire. Like this was a convincing staple win for this franchise, this, um, this coaching staff for this fan base. It felt good to get one of these. And I will, if we call back uh, our last week's episode of my prediction, Stephen, I did predict the Jets would win by, I think, 13. So, um Clearly I was off, but I still predicted a double digit win. So, Hey, but it's just statement win though. You said statement statement win. win. I did. I thought it was going to be a statement win for this, uh, this coaching staff, which I'm just happy that they got it and to have it against, uh, against Miami and division opponent. I mean, just uh, cherry on top for us. Listen, we're not going to be over the division. We're not (laughs) over September. Things are happening. Like think about those two boxes that we wanted them to check and they've already done it. (laughs) That's it, man. And there's so many things that you can like unpack about this game. One thing, and Steven, I don't want to steal your thunder, but I I think I saw that you tweeted it out here, but how good of a signing was Quan Alexander? Awesome. Uh, I mean, this guy lays the wood every week, multiple times a week. It's just amazing, man. I, he brings it. I, he's been fantastic. And now with Quincy Williams down, obviously that's, that's necessary to have him in there, but he is playing phenomenally well. And it's just, uh, it's awesome to have him there. That was a great August signing for them. Yeah. And think about this, like, obviously CJ is like the heart and soul of his defense. I think uh, Salah said that today. And I think he, he passed some milestone as like, he's played like the fifth fifth most games for like an inside linebacker in history, which I don't know. I like, how is that possible? He's only like yeah. 30 years old, but like, think about this. There's so many pieces on this defense. And now it's like, all we got to do is get young, you know, athletic off ball linebackers. Like imagine where that's like the main need that you have to fill going into an off season versus we need corners. We need safeties, which we do need a second safety. I will say that, but like we have things we have, like, we don't need corners anymore. Like, I, there's no reason to be like worried about corner. They have three good corners who perform week in, week in, week out now. They obviously have defensive line depth. So you just really need that depth and obviously a young piece to pair on um, with Mosley because Quan, obviously, as good as he's been, we know his history. He's injury prone. And like, I'm hoping obviously he could play as many games as he can for us. But like, I'm going to be realistic here. He may miss a couple, but hopefully Quincy comes back because he actually dodged a huge bullet because we thought that that was going to be a seasoning injury. He's not even on IR, which is like crazy to think. So he could be back from sooner rather than later. And I thought he actually had a really good game up until he got hurt in the Bengals game. Yeah. And that was one of the things I was worried about this off season was the linebacker room. Yes. I didn't think there was a ton of depth and uh, because I, I mean, CJ is what he is at this point in his career. I think he's a very smart football player, but obviously at his age, he's kind of maybe losing a step here or there. Um and Quincy Williams is just someone who I think is very hot and cold. Like there's some weeks yes. where he looks phenomenal. And then the week after it's like, is totally different person. So I, I think he would be better in more of like a rotational role. And that's why when they added Quan, I was so pumped up and we saw the last two weeks, really his snap count went up tremendously after Quincy's injury. And he's been great, man. I, I just hope he stays on the field. Injuries are obviously an issue with him, but when he's out there, he is stellar. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun to watch. But uh, somebody that, Stephen, you were talking about earlier in the show, you got to give Quentin Williams a ton of credit. Yeah. Two weeks ago, you know, we were all set worried that he was angry at Jeff Ulbrich. Man, he's had the best two-game stretch of his Jet career, I think. Like, he obviously had that 
he had that huge sack uh, in Pittsburgh that he was like all over the field. And then this past week, you know, he forces a fumble. Uh, I'm sorry. He has a sack and then he gets a fumble recovery and literally sends Tyree kill into another dimension. I love that this team was getting chippy and petty with, you know, shoving Tyree kill sauce, giving the peace outside. It, it's, it's fun. Like we haven't been able to do this because everyone was always kicking the shit out of us. And now we're able to do that. And it's just like, damn, it feels good. Like, all we need is some sort of payback for that Patriot debacle in Fox Pro last year, man. I hope Salah kept those receipts because that was painful, and I want them to run it off the score on them. I normally am not about that. I want like you to respect the coach. And I, I actually was surprised when Salah actually went for that touchdown where Barrios got the uh, the end around. I was like, he respects McDaniel. It's like they're friends. I was genuinely surprised. I figured they would just run the ball and knee it out, but I guess – He's learned with, from that game in Cleveland where it's like the game is never over. So you should just try to make sure that you secure it as best as you can. But uh, I got to say, Quentin has been super impressive. And I'm, I'm really happy that he's really coming on in his fourth year. Yeah, Quentin um, clearly continues to impress. But this defensive line, I think, is just making strides overall, right? You mentioned Carl Lawson. I mean, Carl Lawson played out of his mind yesterday. The one guy that's kind of the unsung hero here that continues to perform and play consistently, but it's probably not showing up in the stat sheet is JFM. Mm-hmm. He continues to be kind of a game wrecker. And really, I mean, you could tell, and I think Quinn and him were joking on the sidelines because I think JFM missed the sack that Quinn ended up getting. Ultimately, I think it goes for a half sack for both of them. But uh, in the moment, they probably thought it was one for just Quinn. But JFM continues to play extremely well and just be a game wrecker um, kind of all over that D line. So uh, the, the entire D line is just, it's getting better. It's improving week over week. So it's just, that's, that was, I think the biggest underperforming unit in 2020. So seeing that they're actually making improvements and doing uh, what we all expected them to this year is obviously a, a sight for sore eyes. Yeah, definitely. Go ahead, Matt. I didn't mean to, if I, I know you had some JFM. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, one, I, I love, I will bang the JFM is good as long as I can I I think fans underrate him because his numbers they don't exactly show up on the stat sheet but he's always very involved and I just wanted to add on Quinn and he obviously huge year for him Um, he is absolutely going to get paid he has been fantastic for the Jets uh, and we all were kind of asking for him to take that next step and man has he lived up to it yeah it's crazy when was the last time the Jets locked up a first rounder is it Muhammad Wilkerson yeah that's so sick. <laughs> yeah and it's funny because I'm, I'm a Knicks fan and like it was the first time they re-signed one of their first round picks to a long-term deal with rj barrett over the summer it's like my teams are finally drafting and rewarding the players that they select are right. high and it's just like it's good to see and like i was obviously hesitant to give put in the long-term contract and he's certainly you know making me eat those words because he's been phenomenal and he's been one of their best players this season. And, and, uh, and that's, that's one of those, and I know we're going to, we're going to jump forward, Stephen, but you brought up the point earlier about, you know, linebacker and, and really that being kind of a need. And I don't even want to talk about this, but you have to bring it up, right? As you look at the picture for next year and years to come, right? The, the picture is getting more and more clear as to what this team will need, which is a nice thing to be able to look at, right? Because you're getting answers on the young talent that this team, that Joe Douglas has built, right? So, when you look and you say, okay, they probably need, you know, some more speed, some more depth at linebacker. They definitely need, you know, more offensive line help, but at least, you know, you have answers on the interior. That's a good feeling to have to not Mm -hmm. have to address, you know, I don't know, 10 positional needs every off season where you need viable starters. Like now the picture is getting more defined. That's just a nice thing to be able to have. Cause I think you're just getting answers. I know it's only through five games. However, you can kind of see how this is shaking out where, when we do get to talk about draft season, 
we'll know, you know, more uh, in depth what we need to actually address. I had a really depressing thought when I was taking a shower today. I don't know why this hit my mind. What if we actually drafted Tristan worse instead of Kai Benson right now? Yeah. How good this offensive line would be. I'm thinking about that today. I don't know why this hit my mind. I'm sure, Matt, you're like, this is such a terrible thing to think about. But, like, <laughs> it could have happened. <laughs> yeah, it really it could have. And it's sad because, you know, Makai's rookie year I thought was really impressive and then obviously got hurt and missed all of last year and gets hurt again. So I don't know how much you could really rely on him going forward. And Dwayne Brown's, as you mentioned, is up there in age. That's not a long term answer. So uh, and George Fanta free agent like a tackle is going to be something very interesting in the offseason for sure. So, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, the Miami game. We talked a little bit about what's ahead, but like, let's do some game picks. So Matt, every week on the show, we always do a game pick. I know it's early in the week. Typically our show is usually like Tuesday, Wednesday. So a little bit more time to, you know, unpack the previous opponent, but we're also going to have you do an updated season record prediction based on what we've seen through five games. So first we're going to do game picks. So Matt, what is your game pick for the Jets to go into Green Bay? I know it's it's early, but I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, um, you know what? I'm going to say, being realistic here, I'm going to say 27-24 Packers, but like a good kind of back-and-forth fun game where if they, they lose, but you go, all right, uh, Zach played well. They hung tough with a really good team, and, uh, you know, they gave you something fun. But uh, I, I think it's a very – tough ask to say you know go on the road and beat green bay steven mr optimism what do you think here no man i've been riding this positive vibes only i don't think i can hop off of it uh which has been going too good but (laughs) honestly i I spoke about what concern obviously aaron Rodgers concerns you right You, you can't um you can't discount how good aaron Rodgers is and can be you also can't discount that running game, and it does concern me how the Jets looked against uh, Miami and uh, Raheem Mostert, especially knowing that they had to run with a third-string quarterback there. However, I just think that Green Bay is on the ropes, and I think that the Jets are riding high, and I think that there's something about it that just they continue this momentum. I think Jets go into Green Bay. I think they win 26-21. <laughs> You're crazy, man. All I'm right. going with it, man. I'm going to keep riding this till, till they prove me wrong. So I'm kind of echoing more of, of Matt's logic here. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be 35-31 Green Bay. I think Zach is going to have a really nice game. I think he's going to go toe-to-toe with Rodgers. I think he's going to throw three touchdowns. I think he's going to have a 300-yard game. Um, I do think they fall short because Aaron Jones and and, uh, A.J. Dillon become a little too much for them, and they get a little bit worn out in the fourth quarter because I feel like that's the way that the Green Bay is going to try to win the game and close it out but I do think it's going to be a lot of fun and a lot of fireworks. And I think this will be the week that maybe the people are going to be like, maybe the jets really have something here. Like maybe they're not like so necessarily a super bowl contender or anything, but like they're ascending team and going toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers in his own building would be something that actually will catch the eye and give them some natural respect. I love it. Well, I can't <laughs> wait. To, I can't wait to tell you that you're both wrong. Come next uh, I, I hope, I hope you're, you're right. <laughs> yeah. I, I never, I want to be wrong when, when I was ripping Salah about the receipts thing after the 0 and 1 start. I was like, I'm rooting for Salah. I just have been a little concerned with what I've seen, and he's he's proven me wrong, and I'm happy. It's not like I, it's not like Adam Gase, where I'm like, this guy sucks and I hate him. It's like, I like Salah. He's a very likable guy, you know? Yeah. 
I mean, honestly, like this could go either way. There's no, I have no faith uh, really in my pick. I'm, I'm going based, <laughs> obviously, just based off of Steven as we always talking about blind, op- blind optimism. But um, really, I mean, I, I feel good about what the Jets have and what they're build- building in the direction they're going. But I'm looking at the Packers right now. I mean, week one they got they got killed by the Vikings 20, 23 to seven. They beat a bear a bad Bears team 27 10. They barely eked one out against Tampa Bay. That's not that's that's no easy task. But then they beat the Patriots and, and Bailey Zappy Zap in overtime, right, by three. Like, And they lose to the Giants. I mean, this isn't an impressive – this isn't the Packers team of old. Like, don't get me wrong. This game – and as we said before, this game is as winnable as you could hope going into Green Bay for the Jets yeah. right now. Well, I'll say this, and this is actually defending your point of picking the Jets to win – it's not blind optimism. You actually have reason to believe that they could see? win the game. <laughs> so many good things going on this year. I know. I would have thought. It's, it's wild. So it's all because I, I came out after week one and just torched them. That's why. See, they, they heard me. <laughs> and they're like, this is motivation. This guy is giving me 36 years of blind optimism, and now you've broken them. Yes. Yeah. So, Matt, <laughs> we need the updated record prediction for the Jets now that you've seen five games of them. So, they're three and two. Where, what are we talking about in January? What's going to be the final record prediction? Uh, so I was kind of in like that seven or eight win mark. So I, I'm going to bump it up by one and say eight or nine wins. Now, um, I, I think they uh, are trending to potentially being over 500, which I, again, I don't know if that's allowed. It's only happened once in the last <laughs> God, how many years, uh, but they're, they're playing well. I think the offense has a lot of young fun pieces and, uh, you know, there's games now that look winnable on the schedule that we didn't necessarily think were going to be winnable before the year started. So I'll say nine and eight. Okay. I'm excited. Um, I was in the seven and 10 camp. I'm going to stay on that for now, but it obviously it's very fluid. I'm subject to change, but I'm going to, I think there will be some growing pains. I think, you, you know, you may see a game where Zach kind of lays an egg. I think it's just inevitable with a young quarterback. Uh, Steven, how are you wavering on your original picks? I think you said nine and eight, right? I originally went nine and eight and uh, just missing the playoffs, but in contention, obviously, throughout. And screw it. Now I'm going 13 and four. They only lose to the Bills twice the rest of the way. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, I'm, Go. just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm I was st- like about to be like <laughs> Even I'm not that crazy. Come on. No, I think uh, I'm sticking with nine and eight. It's, it's, it's honestly like you could see it going both ways. There's there's no way that the Jets go the rest of the way without dropping one that they probably should win. I think we're going to get, you know, you, you just have to get kind of that dud. Um, but I'll stick with nine and eight here. All right. All right. I like it. I like it. Um, but yeah. Any closing thoughts, fellas? Any closing thoughts? <laughs> been fun i absolutely love like it was so weird today usually on a monday it's like oh my god like that game yesterday was terrible i have no interest in watching (laughs) the jets get their ass beat by green bay this upcoming week but i was like i am ready for our boys on sunday like give me zach wilson going out there reese hall running down their throat defense flying around i i'm amped up for sunday let's go yeah, I love it. Steve, what about you? Same. I um, I really was hoping that they would capitalize on that momentum coming out of Cleveland and into that Cincinnati game, which they obviously didn't. But now I think that was the one that we really wanted here, uh, you know, yesterday against Miami. They, they finally did. They took the momentum and they ran with it. And I think they continued on. So at least now we got something to look forward to. To Matt's point, man, I'm amped up for Sunday. I think it's one they could absolutely go in and steal. And as long as they as long like we've always said, as long as they're competitive, I'll, I'll end up being happy. That's no problem. Listen, that's all you can ask for at this point. But uh, Matt, we really appreciate you joining the show. 
Like I said at the top, you know, follow him on Twitter at Matt O'Leary. Uh, subscribe to his podcast, the Just Just Jets Pod, and also his uh, weekly uh, YouTube show, The Jet Report. Uh, Matt, it's been awesome. We really appreciate you having a, having you on. Yeah, thank you so much, guys, for for having me on. A ton of fun, and uh, hopefully, they give us a good performance on Sunday. It's all we can hope. But uh, real quick, as we close this show, uh, don't forget to uh, like, subscribe, rate our podcast on Apple or Spotify. Turn on the Jets live. Uh, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash turn the Jets TV. And as always, we always remind you best premium Jets content on the internet is Badlands Patreon. It's been great stuff, especially with the wins. Connor and Joe always kill it. Follow the uh, TOJ pod with Will and draft season's coming back. We appreciate everyone's support and we will talk to you guys next week.